informed dissent. The intersection of healthcare and politics with Dr. Jeff Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald. Well, Mark, welcome to another episode of Informed Dissent. Mark, are you there? Bueller? Bueller? Nope, we're missing Mark again. He is uh, hanging out on the beaches of Croatia, so I'm flying solo. Well, the good news is we've got a fantastic guest, and we rarely have guests on twice, uh, but this is a repeat performance because I think it's really important that you hear her story, and that's Dr. Simone Gold. Dr. Simone Gold, of course, is the founder of America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, She is a uh, boarded uh, emergency physician and is a Stanford-trained attorney and has been a warrior in the fight against medical freedom on the front lines battling COVID tyranny. Dr. Gold, welcome back to Informed Dissent. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. Great to be with you. Great to have you on. Of course, we interviewed you, oh, I don't know, about a month ago, and this was shortly after you were released from prison. And boy, did you have a story to share. And you told us a bit about uh, the new concept that you're bringing forward, and that's gold care. Uh, And it sounds fantastic. So I hope you'll update us on that. Uh, But mainly what I wanted to talk to you about tonight is there's some controversy going on into the organization that uh, I was proud to be part of, and that's America's Frontline Doctors. And um, there's um, some difficulty and some lawsuits and so forth going on. And I wanted our audience to be able to hear directly from you so they're not just having it filtered through the media and through the propaganda channels so they can hear from the founder of the organization as to what's going on and, uh, and what you think is, is, uh, is amiss. So, Simone, tell us a little bit about America's Frontline Doctors and the lawsuit and your involvement. Thank you so much. So I'm sure most of your listeners already know this, but you were standing with me when we first came to prominence on the national scene. America's Frontline Doctors was ethical, honorable honorable doctors' response to the propaganda machine that all of us were facing. So we were all being told that there was no hope, it was doomsday, we should live in fear, there's no treatment, and we should just, you know, go home and sit in a corner and be very scared and upset. We knew that that wasn't the case, so we decided to come and really just tell people the truth. And so we went to Washington, D.C. with doctors and YouTubers or social media influencers, We just told the truth to the American people, and it really kind of ignited the medical freedom movement. I don't think either of us knew how big, you know, an impact it was going to have, but the impact was enormous. So in in the immediate aftermath, we got 20 million views in eight hours. Big tech censored us, but thankfully the American people and people across the world were really responsive. They were really hungry for the truth. So we've had a lot of success in the two, you know, a little more than two years since we came on the scene. That was July 27, 2020. Here we are now two years and a few months past that, and America's Frontline Doctors, I'm proud to say, you know, we have more than a million subscribers. We thankfully have a lot of donations from the American people and people across the world, and we are just doing great work. We spent most of 2020 and part of 22 bringing strategic lawsuits to make sure that vaccine mandates never became the law of the land. We do a lot of citizen um, empowerment, teaching citizens what they need to know so they can stand up and fight back in city council meetings and school board meetings. We have a frontline news division that just brings incredible investigative journalism, accurate investigative journalism, which is hard to come by these days. And this is what we do. You know, we, we are a nonprofit and, and we, we do, uh, we put good things out in the public sphere. As you know, as everybody knows, I went to prison for 60 days or a little less um, following the fact that I was at the Capitol on January 6th, and then the judge, even though I only took a misdemeanor plea, gave me 60 days in prison. 
and that was quite an ordeal. Uh, but when I got out, I'm, I'm sorry to say that uh, it made the prison time almost look like child's play, which is incredible. So unfortunately, I discovered somebody within America's Frontline Doctors who um, is corrupted. I'll just say that flat out, absolutely corrupted. And when I discovered that corruption, I confronted the person and I told him he's got to go. And anybody with any sense of integrity would have just left at that point because I found his hand in the cookie jar. But instead, this person doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down and started attacking me and slandering me and, and, and denying everything. And I had a decision to make, Jeff. I mean, that's the truth. My life is pretty good. As you mentioned, gold care. I could just move on. I can do gold care. It's all good. But it wasn't right to abandon America's Frontline Doctors to somebody corrupt. So I decided to fight. And that's the mess that we're in right now. This person is an insider. I'm very happy to tell you he's not a doctor. He's literally not a doctor. And he's trying to take over America's Frontline Doctors. And uh, we are just embroiled in litigation. I have no doubt that we'll prevail. I shared with you the filing that's about to hit the court. And you can see the facts are very egregious. I'm happy to answer any questions. I, I don't know what people know, what they don't know. So I'm very transparent. I can tell you that if you've heard negative things, nasty things, it's absolutely untrue. I will unequivocally deny what I've been accused of. I've been accused of taking money from the nonprofit, very nefarious deeds. None of that is true. So the allegations in the lawsuit that were brought against you is that you used AFLDS's money to purchase a home in Florida. Correct. So he, this person, um, I don't even like to name him, this person who is a lawyer with a very checkered past, which we'll get into, he alleged many things, but the three that are really capturing people's imagination is one that I embezzled, two that I took that embezzled money and purchased a home, and three that he didn't know anything about this. This person was on the board of directors of America's Frontline Doctors, so let's take those three lies. Did I embezzle? All you have to know to answer yay or nay is you have to look at the bank statements and you have to look at and talk to the accountant, the treasurer. And he simply didn't. He simply literally just said in the papers that I embezzled. There's no evidence of it. It's not true. I took a straight salary that was far less than my physician salary. And that was it. That's it. Number two, did I take millions of dollars from the organization and buy a home in Florida? Absolutely not. The organization had taken a lot of donations, and I'm not one to spend the money or make financial decisions in a hurry. We need to have an intelligent plan for how to use the money most effectively for the American people. In the meanwhile, we had the choice of letting the money sit in a bank or doing something better with the money. We needed a headquarters. So this is actually why I picked up and moved out of California, was to establish headquarters in Florida. As part of the headquarters, we purchased a property. That's called headquarters. And the property was purchased in the America's Frontline Doctors. Let me say it more accurately. The property is owned by America's Frontline Doctors. End of discussion. It belongs to the foundation. It was always belonged to the foundation. I've never owned the property. I've never intended to own the property. And therefore, the fact that I have been said I own the property is completely factually inaccurate and you can Google the address of the property right now on the tax assessor's website and you will see exactly who owns the property and it's not Simone Gold and it's never been Simone Gold. But that brings me to item number three, that this person says he didn't even know about it. This person 
all but negotiated the deal. His address is listed on the paperwork for the sale of the property. It's his office address. So the whole thing is very peculiar because there's so much documentation of what he is saying to be factually inaccurate that it's rather bewildering. I don't have a clear answer for you for why anybody would march into court and perjure themselves, let alone a lawyer who's got a license to protect. I don't think he's going to finish this episode of his life and retain his law license. I don't see it. I don't see how he can perjure himself, and he so clearly perjured himself. For example, there are emails from him to me. There are emails from him to foundation attorneys talking about the purchase of the property, being thrilled about the purchase of the property. The purchase of the property was a very good financial move for the organization for many reasons. So sometimes I like to tell people, I, I remind them of the quote by Mark Twain. The truth, the, do you remember that quote? The truth, a lie gets halfway around the world before, before the, the truth, truth has a chance to put his hands on. Yeah, yeah, put his hands on, put his shoes on. So you have to wait a little bit and you just have to let the truth come out in the courts. But what I can tell people, looking people square in the eye, there's an abundance of evidence proving that what this person is saying is a lie. And there's not only, it's not a misstatement, and it's not inaccurate, it's a lie, because there's evidence from him of actions he's taken and words he has said and words he has written that contradict what he said in court. So it'll all come wow. out. What do you think his motivation is for doing this? So it's a, right, so that's the million dollar question. I think what happened was when I got out of prison, I discovered his hand in the cookie jar. And I'm a pretty black and white person. You know that. You know me for two, three years now. You know, it's, it's you're either right or you're wrong. There's right and there's everything else. So I discovered him cheating. I discovered him stealing. And I discovered him lying. And I told him, no uncertain terms. You're out. Go. Go away. Goodbye. And he didn't like that. So, so that's it. I think he just went into kind of fighting mode instead of thinking mode. Now, so are you still on the board of America's Frontline Doctors? Are you, I know you're the yes. founder, of course. Are you the president? Are you still in control? Yes. He says no, and I say yes, and that's the question for the court. But there's no doubt. There's no doubt I will prevail in this. So obviously, it's still an active organization. There are lawsuits and various activities going on. You're still speaking and doing a lot of it. Who ultimately right now is making decisions on, be on behalf of AFLDS? So thank you so much for that question, because that's the important part. The important part is, what is AFLDS doing right now? We are functioning absolutely normally. All the people are with me. All the doctors are with me. All the staff is with me. Um, there's probably about two people who are not with me. And that's fine. We are an organization of probably about 50 people at this point. And, and we're doing all the same work we always do. Payroll continues. I continue to make decisions. Frontline News still comes out. Um, we still do Citizen Corps and our legal strategies and all that. Everything is still the same. And I really want to encourage people to keep, um, to just understand we get, we're getting over this obstacle and we will continue to be the same organization throughout and on the other side. So he just simply anointed himself president of the organization. That is exactly what happened. When I was in prison, that's what he did. And you, you made some mention that uh, he has a uh, l less than uh, pure history in, in, the, in the legal field. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, although I have to say, like, in looking back, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I brought this person into the organization. And I want to explain that when I met this person, it was about two years ago, 
And you remember in 2020, Jeff, how people were not fighting, people were not pushing back, right? People were really, really passive. So this person's not passive. This person definitely fights back and pushes back, and he's a boxer in this past. And I, I really gravitated towards that. I wanted to work with people who were not afraid to punch back. And so that's a strength that this person has, and that's how come I brought him in and I invited him in for that reason. But once I made that decision, I didn't really look any more deeply. You know, I, I'm not one to pre-screen people and look for problems. But since this has happened, I've looked into his past, and it's pretty terrible. He was a professional boxer for a long time. Then he went to law school, and even after becoming a lawyer, he was still a boxer. So in a couple of his matches, and I don't know all the history, but in a couple of his matches, he was found having cheating, cheating um, with drug use. So the reason I know that this is true is he never really fully denied it. His quote-unquote denials were, well, we'll look into it and I'll, I'll make people happy. They were very non-denial denials. And you know as a doctor, when you have six substances in your urine, they're not all fake. I mean, he had methamphetamine. He had, a, he had six different substances. He had steroids, methamphetamine, all those things. We would overlook drug use, but it's drug use during a professional sporting event, which means he's a cheater. So he ends up reaching a bit of a plea deal with the organization, and he got suspended from boxing for a year. So that's in his past and a few other things. But in the very, very recent past, within the last year, one was an episode a few months ago. So this person tried to run for the, he tried to get the Republican nomination for the governor, uh, to run for governor in the state of Nevada. He did not do very well. In fact, there was an 11 point spread between him and the person who won. Now, we know from watching like Carrie Lake's election and all that, like if there's a very narrow spread, you do a recount. But 11 points is a massive spread. I mean, it's a massive spread. What did he do? Instead of accepting reality, he decides to bring a lawsuit. This lawsuit was considered so frivolous because the spread was so big and so frivolous because he couldn't get a qualified expert to testify for him. So the judge actually said this is unbelievably fr frivolous. You had no merit to this. He sanctioned him and he required him to pay the opposing side's attorney fees. This is pretty uncommon. So he really wasted he got sanctioned about a quarter million dollars, and prior to the quarter million, he spent 200000 of donors' money. So I don't like that he wastes other people's money. It was predictable that this money that he was spending was a waste. And to get sanctioned by a judge for bringing a lawsuit that had, quote, no evidence to support it, end quote, is pretty bad form for a lawyer. Prior to that, earlier this year, he was found, um, was reprimanded by the state bar for an ethics violation for not doing right by his client. And in that case, the person said, you've done wrong by your client and you've done wrong by your profession. I just want to say, you know, you're a doctor, I'm a doctor, lawyers. This is not normal to have this many complaints. I mean, in one year, he's had two very serious professional complaints. And then prior to that, cheating in his first career as a boxer. You know, I, as, as you're talking, I, I looked him up and he was also fined $10,000 when he was a boxer for using steroids. Again, it's, it's cheating. It's just plain cheating. Are you worried about the uh, reputation of AFLDS as a result of these lawsuits and the press that's going around? I, you know, it's not great. I mean, I'll be transparent. It's not great to have, you know, a negative association. The good news is I think most people realize you don't do what you and I have done for two, two and a half years, really trying to save people's lives, and then suddenly become a person who's cheating and embezzling all over, all over the place. I think it doesn't hold together, doesn't pass the sniff test for most people. So I actually believe AFLDS will be just fine on the other side. But I'm sad for any uh, slime and mudslinging that's been sent our way. I mean, we work really, really hard to bring 
good values and good deeds to the world. So, you know, we have to get through it. You know, I am sad that there's this kind of um, criticism of people that are the best people in the world. I mean, the people that work for America's Frontline Doctors are freedom fighters extraordinaire. But, you know, they're all with us. They're all on the same side. We'll get through it and we'll be better than ever. Is there any hope of a reconciliation between you and this attorney? Oh, no. No. I mean, he lied. He went, he marched into federal court and lied. I honestly don't. What he's done is so irrational, it's really suicidal for him, that I can't understand it. What my best hope is that he figures out that he's done something wrong, and you know, he, he contemplates it, you know, in our faith, he does teshuva, he figures out what he, what he did, and he repents, and he becomes repentant over his actions, and then, sure, I actually don't wish him any ill, that's the truth, I'm really not joking, but what he's done is so wrong and egregious that there's no possibility I would ever work with this person. That would be unfair to all the fine people who are working at AFLDS. I mean, he, he attacked them. When he attacked AFLDS, he attacked the fine people. So. And how is the media treating this story? It's interesting. Um, so there was one pod, news podcaster person who went and slimed the organization and slimed me without attempting to get any of the facts. Whenever I see that, I'm kind of sad. You know, the official name of America's Frontline Doctors, the foundation name is Free Speech Foundation. And I, I know that we'll, when, when the press doesn't act honorably, which is like free speech, is, is like that robust debate and seeking out the facts on both sides. When the press doesn't do that, we're not going to be free. So whenever I see a podcast or newscast or someone like that doing um, very, very shoddy work, I get, I feel sorry and I feel sad. But I would say most most people in my life have shown an unbelievable amount of support. All of the doctors are with us. People who read the pleadings can't believe it. People who write into Twitter and my social media overwhelmingly are supportive. I just don't think people can believe that that would be something I would do. I've heard, from, I've heard rumors anyways or read of accounts that America's frontline doctors, um, the doctors are abandoning the cause because of what's going on here. Have you seen anything like that? So there's one fellow, I don't know if you know him, but uh, he's a loose, a loosey-goosey kind of guy. And he's been really stirring the pot. And I don't know if he has a personal vested anger towards me for some slight that he perceives I've done towards him, but he's really the only one. Um, and he's like stirring and he's saying, saying some things. So I'm sure there's individuals that look for reasons to dislike someone, and that's fine, I mean, that's life. But, uh, but for sure, like I went, before all this came out, you probably remember I sent you, but I sent all of us early doctors, I sent an email to give you a heads up that you know, this was coming. And every single person wrote back on, you know, they get it. Nobody believes somebody like me, somebody like you would do something like this. So listen, I've reached out to several of the original founding doctors of AFLDS and not a single one has said that they've abandoned the organization or that they have any concerns. There is um, the, the physician liaison at America's Frontline Doctors. I don't know if you know him, Dr. Brian Atkinson. So he queried the doctors. There's about 500 that are loosely. Um, there's about 2000 doctors that have kind of joined loosely, but there's about 500 that we kind of stay in touch with. They're all with us. None, nobody's changed. So I'm not at all concerned about doctors. I think doctors understand, doctors who've come to the freedom side understand this is an unfounded attack. Um, 
And, and that honestly, I, in many ways, I see this as I see the fight over the last two, two and a half years. It's unfortunate it's coming from our side, but we are fighting a propaganda war. That's, that's what this is. This latest version of, is propaganda. My tongue is not as loose as the other side. I wait for the precision. I wait for the courts. And in that waiting, you know, it's uncomfortable. I'm speaking with you because I want he people to hear me say that there's nothing there. There's no there there. There will be nothing that he has said is true, and I want people to hear that. At the same time, I'm not one to really give out a whole lot of salacious details and gossip because I don't think it helps the judge when they have, the judge has to decide. But we will right. be 100% indicated. And you live in Florida now. AFLDS is based out of Florida. Is that helpful for the organization? And and has there been any has there been any politicians that have stepped up and supported you? Yes. So I I know you love where you live, and I'm not. I feel bad for California, but there's no difference. It's a world of difference. It's a it's a different planet, Florida and California. And I could not be happier to have moved to Florida. Everyone is fleeing to Florida. It takes it takes a lot of strength, Jeff, to stay where you are because it's it's a lot better here. All the local. I just came from another local podcast. It, like here in Florida, we are treated like heroes. There's, it's it's very different. It's much better. That's wonderful. And uh, have you spoken to the um, Surgeon General? Of course, our friend Joe Ladapo about this. Is he aware of what's going on? He is aware. He is so. He's a hundred percent with us. Hundred percent with me specifically. And just cannot believe that this is <laughs> that this is a thing. And and he was one of those people that he didn't even need to hear anything. He's like, hang on, Simone, you don't have to even explain yourself for, for a moment. And I assume you're represented by, by an attorney in this lawsuit that's being filed against you? Yes, and I will share with you, know, you and your listeners. Like, it's really, you're really going to hear a lot of stuff this week. I shared with you, Jeff, you know, what's coming this week. There's, it's just, uh, yeah. The facts are so overwhelming that, that yeah. Can, can you give the listeners a preview of, of what's coming this week? Um, the, so this person filed a claim in federal court, and it was the wrong jurisdiction. It was, just, it was just kind of sloppy work. It was kind of consistent with who he is. It was, it was just sloppy. So we're going to get an answer on that tomorrow. We filed a motion to dismiss that case. After that, the case will be properly litigated on its merits. So first, there's that kind of sloppy federal filing, which isn't really going to go anywhere. And then there's going to be state action that's going to hear it on the merits. And people ask me how long I think this will go on. It's really going to go on as long as this person wants to fight, because I'm happy to go to trial. I think he will quit. The facts are so against him that I think cooler heads will prevail. Presumably his attorneys will, once his attorneys see our facts, which surely he didn't share with them, I think they'll encourage him to, to not go to trial. But if he needs to go to trial, we'll go to trial. Unfortunately, with these, with these kind of things, the only people that win are the attorneys. That is correct. I will share with you that he appears, I want to be careful, but he appears to be using America's Frontline Doctors money for this litigation, which is such an affront to everything I stand for. And I'm giving the American people and donors my word that I'm fighting to make sure that every penny you've donated to America's Frontline Doctors does not get wasted in this way. You'll see from my pleadings what I've done to protect your money. Now, of course, there's donors from all over the country and actually all over the world. Have you seen any fall off in uh, donors' appetite to continue to support the organization? Thankfully, no, but I've, I've gone public and I've said, please don't lose faith in America's Frontline Doctors. I'm doing everything to protect it and I know that we'll prevail. And we need donations to do the things that are coming in 23. We have such amazing plans for 2023. So we have excellent attorneys.
I am protecting the money. The money, you know, this is a money fight at the end of the day, like a lot of corruption. He's, he got gleeful and covetous of the money that was raised by America's frontline doctors, but that money is earmarked for medical freedom initiatives. So we, will, we are protecting that money. I am in control of the organization's finances. It goes to payroll. It goes to the videos that we do and the educational things that we do and the citizen core activities that we do. So there's no reason now to be concerned about your donations. If that should change, I will go all over media, all over social media, and I will let people know. If there's a chance that the money will be abused, I will announce that publicly and I will ask people not to donate. But that's not where we are. Well, how is it that he has access to the AFLDS bank account? He has, he has, he has access to a small portion of it because a small portion of it was actually put into his law account and he refused to turn that over back to the organization. So it is illegal for an attorney to use money that's destined for a client and one hopes that he's not doing that, but I have reason to fear that he is. It's a very risky move for him as an attorney to touch money that's in a client trust. And I've urged him not to do that, not to touch it. But if he has, we will sue to get it back. So he has access to a small portion, but not the lion's share of AFLDS. And you control, you control that and are protecting that. Correct. And I'm protecting it for exactly what we've always done, for payroll, for initiatives, for Citizen Corps, for videos, for all of those things. So if he were here and we asked him, what would, what would, he, what would his argument be? contradict what you're saying? I mean, up until two months ago, he would have told you I walked on water. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got emails from him saying how fantastic I am. So he doesn't, I don't know what he could say to defend himself. He'll, he's, I'll give you, it's hard for me to answer that, Jeff. There's 11 directors he's tried to fire. He threatened to fire six of them. He fired, he, he said he's firing six of them and he threatened four. So literally 95% of the people he went to fire. I mean, we have emails of this. It doesn't make sense. So, it, you know, it's clear to people that it was a coup attempt, that he was firing people that were there that he perceived as loyal to me, and he was substituting in his own people. And then he started to do this the moment I went into prison. So what I found out is I went into prison on July 26th. Two days later, he started firing people. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So it's, you know. Simone, how's your stress level? <laughs> well, I started at the top of the hour to say that this was worse than prison. <laughs> the food's I mean, better, though, right? The food is better. I mean, I don't know. Worse than prison. It's hard to say. Isolation in prison was really terrible. Um, I, this is disheartening. You know, it's disheartening to see people like waste our energy and our time like this. I, I, I'm a positive person, though. Like on the other side, just just seeing how willing most people are to fight for this has been quite heartening. You know. I thought I'd have to fight this alone, but it turned out the entire organization is with me. The entire organization has said that they won't, they'll quit, they'll resign, they'll do anything. They've said they will never work for, they call them an SOB, I'll never work for that SOB, like, we're out of here. Like, the whole, you know what I mean? So, in that sense, it's good. You see that these are real freedom fighters. I, I think my strength, really, more than anything else, is I never deviate on ethics, and I pick really good people that are, you know, on that same path. And that's been really a blessing to see over the last month or two, that these 
these freedom fighters are like, absolutely not, Dr. Gold. We want you to fight. You know, my producer is posting in the chat that he's uh, just discovered an article showing uh, that this attorney that we're referencing is now donating money to Democrat candidates. Uh, and there's an article that just came out a few minutes ago about that. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. He's he's just um, he's he's just not a good guy. He's he's not a good guy. You know, I will say something. He ran as a MAGA candidate, and 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 it's okay to make your living however you make your living. But he ran as a strong MAGA candidate, and has got his bread and butter doing things like helping illegal immigrants staying in, in the country and marijuana shops. Again, any legal work is fine, but if you're running as a MAGA candidate, that's pretty inconsistent. So I just think when the more you look back in his past, you're going to see tremendous inconsistencies. So it sounds like this former professional boxer has gotten into the ring this time with the wrong person. <laughs> I think he thought I was just going to like collapse, which I think means he wasn't <laughs> watching me for the last two and a half years. So I'd like to shift over to a new talk topic and learn more about and get an update about... Um, about gold care, but is there anything more that you want to say about the controversy in the case that you haven't already said? No, just um, everyone needs to remember that it takes a little longer for the truth to come out than, than the speed with which lies are spread. Well, Simone, thank you for sharing that with us. Update us now about gold care and where are you with that? Gold care is incredibly exciting. Gold care is going to be the way forward or one of the ways forward. There needs to be multiple. We need to use free markets and capitalist force, capitalism forces to kind of right the ship of, that's sinking, the American ship that's sinking. So uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but as you know, 20% of our economy is wrapped into healthcare decisions. And that's essentially socialized because it's dictated by Medicare. It's a government program. So even if you don't personally take Medicare, all of the policies of private insurance really follows Medi Medicare. So I've, always, I've thought for many years that if we don't pull back from the socialized 20% of our economy, we really have a, a, a huge freedom issue on our hands. So gold care is really an alternative to that. We all have an obligation to, to separate ourselves from the institutions that are oppressing us. The two things that are oppressing most average people in their average life is the educational system, you know this well, and the healthcare system. Families have people that go to school and families have people that get sick. So this is where the control comes from. So everyone is going to need ways forward that are separate from the government and the insurance beast. That's Gold Care. If you come to goldcare.com, we are going to teach you how to leave insurance behind and yet get good care where the doctor works for you and gives you very good advice and it doesn't cost as much as what you're already paying. That's goldcare.com. All 50 states? It will be all 50 states. We're essentially in beta testing right now but it will be all 50 states. And where is it currently? Mostly Florida. It's national. It will be national telemedicine. So my understanding is that there's, there's an annual fee to join. Then it's fee for service when you see a doctor based on 15 minute increments. And then you recommend that uh, patients that participate have an umbrella policy with a medical sharing organization. Most people are probably familiar with MediShare or Liberty Share. You guys are partnering with, a, with another company though. I'm so glad you're getting right into the specifics of it. We are trying to teach people how economics actually works. I mean, you think it's all this big mysterious thing. No, things cost money. So we've separated the costs into the membership and the membership gives you access to excellent doctors. It gives you access to videos and educational things. Um, it just, just the kind of the whole infrastructure of, of making the system work. But then you have to pay for the doctor's time. And we never, we've, we've lulled people into thinking incorrectly how much things cost. We think things are quote unquote free. They're not. 
So we teach you as you go through Gold Care how to properly, what things actually cost. It turns out healthcare does not cost as much as you've been trained to believe. You're paying so much money in insurance premiums, deductibles, and co-pays that is not going to your actual health. And that's what we've gotten away from. So there's a membership fee, there's the actual cost to see the doctor, and then there's covering yourself in the event of a true emergency, and we've partnered with Zion, which, again, like MediShare, like Liberty. And membership fee is, what did I hear, $1,000, $2,000? Right. So while we're in this founding member, so probably for the whole first year, I'd say, it's $1,000 for the year, which is about $83 in a month. And then the physician charge is $400 in an hour, but you can do 15-minute increments, $100, very reasonable, and you will get a doctor who's not biased in any direction. There's no possibility of the doctor making money from anything other than their best guidance to you. So we don't sell supplements. We don't make money on lab tests. We don't make money on x-rays, and we never will. This is very, very important. Um, even if you're honorable and ethical, maybe the next doctor isn't. Maybe there's a little bit of a slippery slope that it's a little bit easier to make money off of something that you sell. So we just simply don't allow it. You pay the doctor the same way we pay lawyers, the same way we pay accountants. Please, sir, give me your best advice. The doctor's not good, you go find a different one. But there's other things about it that are amazing in addition to the financial. We don't distinguish, or we're not biased pro or con in terms of traditional allopathic doctors. Maybe you need an allopathic doctor, a cardiologist, a primary care doctor like yourself. Maybe you just need a dietitian because you need to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe you need a naturopath or functional. When you first come to see us, we pair you with the doctor, but by the end of that first visit, we forget what you need. I mean, do, do you need a cardiologist? Do you need an internist? Do you need a family practitioner? Or do you just need a, a, you prefer a naturopath or something like that? Because we've removed insurance, the world is open to you. Like, we don't have to have one and not the other. It's whatever's right for that person. And this is a new model. So specialists of all type will participate. Specialists of all type. We're starting, we're really primary care focused now, right? Because that, that's really what it needs to be in the primary care. We actually elevate the primary care person. But I'm saying that the primary care person may not be, need to be a doctor. You're familiar, Jeff. Like, if somebody comes into the office and they're basically healthy, but you need some code if you take insurance to bill them for. So maybe you come up with pre-diabetes. But maybe that it's not actually a thing pre-diabetes. Maybe they just need to lose 10 or 20 pounds. So we, because we're not following an insurance model, we just call it like it is. Hey, you, we don't necessarily think you need a doctor. We think you need a health coach. We, need, we think you need somebody to help motivate you to you know, lose weight and exercise and all that stuff. Because we've taken ourselves out of the insurance model, we just simply give you what you need. You'll have diet, dietitians and diet coaches, cardiologists, natural pass, et cetera. And will the $400 per hour structure be the same for, for everybody? So, so everybody else is a percent of that. So the highest cost is a doctor's fee, which is $400 for an hour, but the, an APP is less, natural path is less. I really don't remember the exact amount off the top of my head. I think it might be 80% of that. Health coaches are less than that. So every, but 400 an hour for the doctor is the highest. I'm aware of a telemedicine organization where there literally one doctor has a license in all 50 states. I can't imagine the administrative uh, hassle of trying to track that with CME and costs and so forth, but, but that's that model. And so I imagine somebody really smart has had to work through this and figure out licensing and then also malpractice insurance from a doctor practicing this style. So we're doing, first of all, we do have doctors. We do have licensed doctors in every state. 
we, we do do that. It's just that not everybody needs that. That's not what everybody's going to need. And there's a lot of people who want to step away from that model. I mean, we, we've seen what we've seen. Um, we are doing something entirely different with insurance. I, it's a again, there's, it, when the doctor has to pay huge medical malpractice premiums, one way or another, the patient is going to be paying for that. So we have eliminated that burden and come to goldcare.com and I will explain to you how. I look forward to talking to you offline and learning more about it. It sounds very exciting. We've, we've eliminated the inefficiencies. We've eliminated the things that make medical care expensive and not good. The insurance system makes it expensive and also not good because you're incentivized to do lots of testing but maybe not get the answer. And the medical malpractice system, I've always known is very corrupt, is an MDJD. I was offered many times to, to run medical malpractice. I was offered oodles and oodles of so much money to do that, and I won't participate. It's a corrupt system. So we've, weighed, we've come to a new way of doing it that's better for the patient. And is gold care under the umbrella of AFLDS? It is not. It is not under the umbrella. I actually, we discussed it. I discussed it. I brought it to America's Frontline Doctors because I always believed it would be America's Frontline Doctors Healthcare. That's, that's always what I thought. But at the time, the board thought it was it would maybe stray too far from the mission of, of educating and strategic lawsuits. And I was happy to make it in the for-profit model, not in the not-for-profit. Now, lots of healthcare systems are still not-for-profit. I mean, even Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in California is not-for-profit. But I do think it's better with all eyes on us not to try to be a not-for-profit because I think the government targets not-for-profits more aggressively. And I guess the natural question somebody might have is Gold Care obviously carries your name, your Dr. Gold. Uh, it's your organization that you're starting. Is there any conflict of interest between Gold Care and you continuing to run AFLDS? Um, I mean, I don't think so. The, I mean, lots of people do their own business and a nonprofit. For example, this, this person who is now trying to disrupt AFLDS, has, he ran for governor and he has his own business as a law firm and he wants to be in charge of AFLDS. I mean, it's kind of a common thing. So no, I don't think so. So again, give us the, the web, website, <coughs> excuse me, if people want to learn more about Gold Care. Yes, please come and check it out. Goldcare.com, G-O-L-D-C-A-R-E.com. We're going to teach you how to leave medical Marxism behind. That is awesome. I love that. Um, and where are you speaking next? Where can people find you? Oh, that's a great question. You know what? I'll be speaking for Moms for America on December 4th at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm told, I'm hoping Carrie Lake might show up. Oh, it's a, it's wouldn't a that be special? Maybe. Yeah. That'd, that'd be fantastic. Will, will you let us know if you... Uh, venture back into the communist state of California again. and uh, we I will be coming. I will let you know. I will be coming back to California um, in mid-February and Wonderful. let us make a time to, to maybe meet in person and maybe podcast in person. Would love that. That'd be fantastic. So Dr. Gold, it is a, uh, it is a pleasure to have you back on, on uh, in, Informed Dissent. Appreciate it very much. And, and thank you for bringing our audience up to speed on what's going on with AFLDS and Gold Care. Thank you. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.